anything you can do to stand out now is key because remember the barriers to entry are so low now we're not this isn't a war over materials anymore it's a war for eyeballs and ears and anything you can do to stand out will help you win that war welcome to podcasting smarter the podcast for and by podcasters we interview podcasters for the real scoop on podcasting whether you're thinking about starting a podcast or have been podcasting for years, you'll find lots of inspiration, valuable lessons, and tips in our interviews. This podcast is brought to you by Podbean. Please visit podbean.com, the home for podcasters. Hello, podcast friends, and welcome to the second episode in our second season of Podcasting Smarter. I am your host, Jennifer Crawford, and today I am joined by a screenwriter, director, producer, and podcaster in the Philadelphia area. He is just one person, and his podcast, the Dave Bullis Podcast, was voted one of the best filmmaking podcasts by Mentorless, the Indie Film Academy, and Podbean. It is my pleasure to welcome the one and only Dave Bullis to Podcasting Smarter. How's it going, Dave? It is going great, Jennifer, and I want to say thank you so much for having me on. It is it, it is really my pleasure to have you on. I've actually I've been listening to your podcast. You are an incredible uh, person full of film knowledge. And I'm always envious of people that can hold all that information about movie producers and directors and film quotes because I've never been able to do that. You know, you always have that friend that pulls out the perfect movie quote in a conversation. And uh, I... I've always wanted that skill and I feel like you're you're one of those people that can definitely do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I, I try my best. The, the, the more the more movie knowledge I have, the more of everything else I forget. So I, I don't know how to drive my car anymore, but I know <laughs> but I know a lot of top gun movie quotes and Caddyshack and all that stuff. I think that's a much more important skill to have. Um, so, <laughs> so I know a little bit about you from doing my due diligence as a podcast host, but I would love to hear the story about how you actually actually how and why you actually started your podcast oh sure uh, i'd be glad to tell that story uh it all started uh about i would say 2013 i actually was doing a podcast with about two to three other people and it was funny jennifer because we actually had a professional radio studio that we did it in and i mean it was a hundred percent soundproof it had all the bells and whistles you could imagine it had, you know, pro grade mics, the headsets. We had everything going for us. Here's the issue time. It was so hard to get three to four people's time to all meet up. And they see they had to travel like 45 minutes to an hour. And eventually we stopped doing it. Well, I said, you know, it was, you know, it was such a great, you know, concept. It was so, so fun to do. And we only got about four or five episodes done. But, you know, I always wanted to do it again. So right around 2014, I actually got passed over in my day job. Uh, I actually worked at the college that I graduated from. Uh, so when I graduated, they asked me to come back and teach multimedia stuff because they knew I was in a film and I became their multimedia specialist. And, you know, I, I said, you know what? Uh, I, I was up for this promotion, didn't get it. And I was so bummed out. And I said, you know what? I'm going to start doing a podcast again, even if it's just little old me doing it by myself. I'm going to talk to my friends who I actually have a pretty, pretty big Rolodex even at that point. And I said, I'm going to just going to, you know, sort of roll the dice and, and see where, you know, wherever, whatever happens, happens. If nobody listens to it, well, then, you know, then so be it. Uh, I started doing the first three episodes from that same facility 
that I, I started the original podcast from. And then I went back and I started doing it at my house with a headset. And then now I've evolved it over time to where I have the pro grade mic, you know, the, the pop filter. I have a pro grade Behringer board in front of me. And slowly but surely, I started seeing, you know, uh, the, the numbers go up, you know, the listeners go up, the downloads go up. And I started to say, wow, there might be something to this. And slowly but surely, people are like, hey, could we come on your podcast? And, you know, now, you know, flash forward two years later, uh, I'm up to episode 131 of my podcast because I release one episode a week. And I have a huge now Rolodex of people to talk to, I, you know, because more people have heard about the podcast and they've sent me emails. I, I have, you know, have interviewed so many cool people, uh, including uh, Kazian Ilvis, who uh, he direct, he was, uh, sorry, the producer for Dallas Buyers Club. And he's like a mega producer out in Hollywood. And I, I was floored that he wanted to come on my, my podcast. And I've also, you know, been able to work with a lot of different awesome people from all over the world, which wouldn't have been which wouldn't have been possible unless I had started that podcast. So it, yeah. it's been an amazing, amazing, uh, you know, journey just starting this podcast about two years ago. I love that story. I think my favorite part is that you got turned down for a job promotion and out of anger, your your revenge move was to start a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That'll show them. I'll start a podcast. Yeah, that'll that'll learn them. But <laughs> they're uh, gonna get a little less of me because I'm gonna be giving it to my podcast. I love it. Yeah, so I was like, you know what? I, I said I was so burned out from doing that job anyway because I mean, you know, if you, when when you're a multimedia specialist, literally everybody will come into you know came into my office and they they came in with all different problems. Like, hey, my teacher erased my SD card. Hey, uh, there's a problem with this classroom. Hey, why doesn't this multimedia lab work? Uh, hey, the Wi-Fi doesn't work in the library. So eventually what was happening, Jennifer, was I would go home at night and I was so burned out. I was like, my God. And I would say, you know, because it was just, you know, you have to think on your feet, right? So I would I would go home and I'd start to try to screenwrite and I would say, Man, I would write into a corner. I don't feel like writing. I would just try to, you know, zone out by either watching a movie or playing a video game. And eventually, I was like, you know, what? if I just started a podcast, it would it would ignite that creative spark, which is what I needed. So, uh, creating that podcast was sort of like my uh, sort of like me igniting that spark to get myself more motivated to when I come home at night and not just be like, Oh my God, I, I just want to, you know, zone out for the next four or five hours or whatever before I go to sleep. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's honestly, it has done so much more than I ever thought it was going to do. Well, now do you, are you still a multimedia specialist at that same job? No, I actually left that job in April of this year. So April, 2016. Oh, that's a, I, I think a congratulations is in order. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> it, it was uh, when I when I left, uh, people were like, well, "Who's going to take your spot?" And I said, "I have no idea." And they were like, "Well, can everyone else do your job that that that's here?" And I said, "No." I said, "Honestly, I'm a very truthful guy. I'm a very honest guy." And I said, "There's not one person here who can who can eat, replace me, just like with a snap." Now, did you leave for another job opportunity, or were you able to leave because of the success of your podcast? Uh, I left for another job. Oh, but a but a better one. <laughs> yes, yeah, less stressful job, and and I, I'm trying to you know slowly get the podcast where it could you know support itself and me at the same time. But right now, I ha I you know I have it where the podcast sort of supports itself right now. That's more than a lot of people can say. So that's that's great. So I'm just I'm wondering because I think a lot of people might be surprised that adding more work to your day actually 
inspired you and motivated you to be more creative. So exactly how did that work for you? Like how soon did you see results? And was it just the, the fact that you could create something with your voice and and talk to other creative people that inspired you to actually start writing again? Was that the was that the order of events? Yeah. You know, it, when I first started doing it, I started saying to myself, why on earth did I do this? Because now, you know, you, you have to, you know, get a time together. You have to set up, make your own little setup wherever, you know, you have to edit the podcast and then you have to, you know, promote the podcast once it's out. But once I started changing my perception of it and saying, you know what, it's not extra work. This is more, if you want to call it a hobby, I mean, it started off, you could, we could all, we could say that most podcasts start off as hobbies. And I hate the sound of my own voice. So when I had to came time to edit it, I was like, oh my God. I was like, I, I sound like, <laughs> like nails on a chalkboard. I hate my own voice. Uh, but then I find out most people hate their own voice as well. But but uh, what I started doing was I started realizing, you know, this is if even if this was a hobby, at least I enjoy it because at least I get to talk to all different people. And, you know, like I said before, you know, when I started this, I was just talking to my friends because I had so many friends in the film industry that I've met on sets and everything else. I just said, hey, listen, I started a podcast you know, would you want to come on? And shockingly, people were saying, yeah, they would say, Dave, you know, you're, you know, you're a cool guy. Um, you know, we know who you are and you'll just talk, we'll just talk about films and we'll talk about my career. And, you know, uh, for instance, I have one friend of mine, he actually wrote a script about the creation of Mickey Mouse. So it's about Walt Disney's the main character and he's creating, you know, uh, as he's going through creating Mickey Mouse and obviously he had to get Disney involved. Well, he had connections at Disney and one thing led to another and you know, the script, I, I'm not sure where it is right now, but it's still, you know, they, they were very interested in it. And, you know, even when uh, that other, you know, the other uh, Walt Disney film came out, which was about, uh, you know, him creating um, uh, Mary Poppins, you know, that that still wasn't, you know, that, that was still was it was the same, but it was different because now because it's still not about Walt Disney creating Mickey Mouse. It's about, you know, Walt Disney you know, and his, you know, and creating Mary Poppins. And also it's about the writer and her relationship to the story. And, you know, uh, but, but it showed that there was some interest there is what I'm trying to say. And I mean, you know, and we got to talk about all that stuff. You know, I've met producers. I like, for instance, I had Robert Rodriguez's producer on, uh, who did machete Two and sin city Two, uh, all sorts of really cool people. And, you know, just getting these people to talk to me and, and, you know, as I, I sort of asked them about their story, Sometimes there's a lot of, you know, overlap. There's a lot of, you know, they've experienced the same things I went through. And, you know, there's a lot of things that are completely different, which is also really cool to learn about and hear about, you know, because if there's one thing that I've learned, it's that nobody has the same exact journey, whether right. it be a podcast, whether it be starting a business, whether it be, you know, writing a film script or making a movie, you know, everybody's journey, even if we have some of the same similar experiences the 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 whole journey as a whole is different you know it, people start off with different resources they start off with with different abilities and as they go on this journey some people who are m amazingly talented people still don't get that break and still you know sometimes they they even quit and maybe go into something else because the journey just gets too hard uh but but that's something that i found in my podcasting journey as well is just hearing all these different stories it's really really interesting and now that's one of the other things. So I said, as my podcast evolved, this is something else that I've, that has come in uh, into play. Is I, you know, now I'm talking to all these people that I, I I didn't know before. I get all these you know great contacts. My network has like honestly at least decoupled, and I, you know I get to hear about all these great things 
And it's just, it's been absolutely amazing. And I, and I honestly, I actually look forward to it now and it doesn't seem like work at all anymore. Yeah, it's so much fun. And I agree. You do discover that everybody's path is a little different. Even with this show, you know, sometimes I ask, you know, uh, different guests some of the same types of questions because we're talking about podcasting. And in the beginning, I was worried that maybe I would be getting duplicate answers and maybe that would get a little repetitive and boring over time. But as it turns out, like everybody, they may be the same questions, but everybody has a, something different to bring to the table. And every, like you said, everybody's journey is different. Their perspectives are different. And I've gotten such a variety of high quality answers to, you know, my maybe somewhat, somewhat mundane questions that it's it's very uh, inspiring for me as a podcaster because there's just so many creative avenues with this platform and um, it, it just gives you so much so much flexibility to create and um, that excites me about it so and I think it excites you about it too so that's cool yeah it, it's that ability to create because you know the barriers to entry for making a podcast have gone from you know not even a you know a pretty sizable amount to now i mean you, you can create a podcast i mean like podbean for instance has an a, an app you know mm-hmm. and on your phone you can create a podcast just with your phone now and you can upload it back to podbean and then and then and there you have it you know it, it it's great because I, I think podcasting is is going to get even more and more um uh, expansion podcasting is going to get more and more as i'm trying to say <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. i i think i i definitely think especially now with you know, we, as we talk about, you know, uh, you know, self-driving cars and, and cars and all that, you know, I, I think that, you know, as if you were, you know, sort of driving a car for Apple, I'm waiting for the data, you know, the Apple car, you could say, hey, hey, Apple car, uh, show me the top five podcasts in business. And, you know, it'll probably populate on your screen and you can say, oh, I want to listen to uh, Jennifer Crawford's podcast on starting uh, our own our, our own home business. And, you know, and then, it, you know, you'll all it'll just play through the speakers. And I honestly think that's where podcasting is going, is that, it, it, you know, if you're going to start your own podcast, I would definitely recommend it. And I would start it, you know, as, as soon as you can. I think podcasting is phenomenal. And I think most people, once they get into it, they're going to realize how, you know, the barriers to entries are low. Very low, actually. And it's also a lot of fun to create, like you just said, Jennifer. Yeah. It's funny. I was really um, digging into some podcast statistics recently because I I did a talk at a, a conference in Pennsylvania over the weekend to bloggers. And my topic was about why bloggers should consider podcasting. And so I, of course, I had to back up my my passion for the platform with some statistics. And some of these statistics I came across were so compelling. And one of them was that people, the average American listens to four hours of audio a day, but they only read 19 minutes a day. And that goes way down once you get into like the younger millennials or Generation Z, that goes down to like nine minutes a day. So that's so compelling to know that um, people, if they're listening to you, they're going to, their attention span is so much longer. and, And that's Obviously, because the the platform is so flexible, I can listen to a podcast and do other things, and I and that and and it's intimate, so people uh, stay with you longer. So there's so many reasons, really, to to podcast, and so I love I love talking about all of that. But I was going to ask you, okay, so you're in the what I call the the 100 club. You know, you have over 100 episodes, which is a big milestone for any podcaster. But you're in you know an interview 
interview an interview driven podcast. And I always admire interview driven podcasts because I know the challenges um, with booking guests. And I, so I'm always curious about like processes, like what is your process for finding and booking great guests? And do you ever find it challenging or what have you done to make it less challenging? You know, Jennifer, I'm actually in a very good spot right now where I actually have guests now who are approaching me. Oh, that's and, nice. And about uh, the past 15 to 20 guests have all been people that have approached me about coming on. And it's been such a interesting way now because I used to go through Twitter and and to some so to some degree Instagram and Facebook to find guests and some other and sometimes guests would recommend other people like hey I have a friend of mine he just he just shot a zombie film uh, you know hey I have another friend of mine she just made a TV pilot you know stuff like that but you know now uh, I have a a contact form on my on my uh, webpage and that I've had that up since I started the podcast so now people more and more people now are when they're when they're seeing the podcast be shared on you know Twitter or social media in general. You know, they they say, wait, wait a minute, I could be a guest on there. I have a movie coming out, and you know, now I I've been in a position now where so many people are are you know now approaching me that now I'm sort of starting to you know pick and choose and and saying, well, I, I can say yes to this person, but I don't see how this person would fit. Uh, I can say no to you know what I mean. And and now mm-hmm. it's it's a good problem to have, is what I'm trying to say. Because now yeah. now I don't have to you know because in the beginning I'm going to be honest with you, Jennifer. I had to scramble for guests sometimes. And especially when I was in single digits, I would be like, oh my gosh, how am I going to, you know, I, I have to get this person. And, and what happened is if I had a cancellation, I, I would be scrambling again because I wanted to, I wanted to create that launch where, you know, they knew every, you know, uh, Tuesday, that's when Dave's putting out a new episode. So now I, I have that now, but I, I, but you know, you have to st- sort of start that habit and to sort of start, you know, ingraining people in that, into that, you know, thought of, oh, it's Tuesday. There's a new Dave Bulls podcast coming out. Well, unfortunately, you know, when I, I had people cancel, I would have to scramble. And, you know, there's a few episodes where I actually just, you know, it was just me talking about a topic for maybe 15 to 20 minutes. Uh, and again, I use my phone to do it. And then, uh, so now though, I have that problem. When I, have, I have too many guests now wanting to come on. So, uh, but, again, <laughs> but again, it's a good problem to have though. That That is a good problem to have. So when you record, because you have a, a regular weekly podcast, do you batch your episodes? Like, do you record multiple episodes at once or do you kind of record week to week? Uh, both, actually. It, okay. It really depends upon when, when the guests are free. Uh, but sometimes I do batch them and sometimes I'm recording them. You know, maybe I'll record them a couple of days before they go live. Oh, okay, nice. All right, and so I have to ask because I always find these inter- these um, answers sometimes interesting. Do you have any interview horror stories where an interview just went bad and maybe it never saw the light of day, or you had to do a lot of editing to fix it? And you don't have to give me any names; just the just the situation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, I am I am very very grateful that I've never had a podcast go wrong. Uh, I've never had anything go, sort of go bad where you know somebody you know took something I said or maybe was very confrontational. Never that has not happened yet. Um, you know, and, and it's been very. I mean, again, I, that, it's a very good problem to have. <laughs> I never had a problem, <laughs> but um, but you know, there were, there was just one interview that I did where I actually thought about not releasing it, and the reason was was because this particular guest was very uh they play their cards very close to the chest and what i meant mm. what i mean by that is is when i would ask a question i i usually like to ask very open answers or sorry very open questions 
because I want sort of a, a broad answer. And then I can sort of go in there and, and ask very specific questions then, you know, once we start getting, you know, talking, but this person, the entire interview was very, you know, very cards close to the chest. And I actually sat down, I was listening to it and I said, wow, this is, this is just not, there's nothing to this. And I thought, well, maybe I shouldn't release this at all. And I ended up releasing it. And to my surprise, it got a ton of downloads. That's because this this guest also shared it a lot. So it turns out that she that that this person had a very good network. So uh, I I that was the only time I ever thought about not releasing an episode. Mm, yeah, I can understand how that could be frustrating, but it, I was glad it worked out in the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that this person had such a deep network that so many people downloaded it. Because when I, when I went into my uh, analytics, I was like, wow, you know, this person's number two. I was like, wow, I didn't think that was going to happen, but uh, yeah. Now, do you, um, you know, you mentioned that that guest, you know, shared the podcast a lot. And I, I hear a lot from podcasters that sometimes they have a problem getting their guests to share the show that they're the episode that they're on. Do you um, do you do anything to encourage or make it easy for your guests to share the show? Or do you find that they're on there to promote something? So they're already sort of motivated to do that? Yeah, they most of them are already motivated to do that. Uh, if there is a guest that won't share it. Uh, usually what I do is beforehand, I, I, you know, so before the, the episode goes live, I will actually send them an email and I'll say, you know, I would greatly appreciate it if you could, you know, share this, this link, just retweet it, share it on Facebook, Instagram, uh, what, whatever, whatever you feel most comfortable with. And I will also, when I use Twitter, I'll make sure to put a photo, uh, you know, in the uh, actual tweet. And then I tag the person in there. And then I also tweet at them in the tweet. So that way they see it. Uh, two different ways. If it's on Instagram, they get they get tagged in the photo. They get you know it, it's you know their username is is used, and I also put their name as a hashtag. So it's just basically sort of hitting it on all levels. So even if you know they don't see it in one way or another, they'll you know they'll see it you know because it's 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 multiple times over multiple networks is what I'm trying to say. So maybe some people do forget, and it, and it does happen. You know sometimes we get busy and just say oh I forgot to you know retweet this podcast. So. As as time you know throughout the week and even on especially on Follow Friday, uh, I'll make sure to mention them again and maybe then they'll see at that time. Because and if if I do see the person doesn't actually share it, usually I I mean I won't say send up a follow up email and say hey you know is there you know, something happened it's you know is there a reason why you don't want to share it if they don't want to I'll just say you know that that's fine you know they don't need to, they you know that's on their network but 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 I will try my best to promote it through myself. Yeah, that's that's really good advice. All of that. All right. So I want to circle back because we had mentioned that you have you're bringing in enough income that the podcast is self supporting. So and I saw that you you do some crowdfunding and you have some affiliate relationships. So I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that for people thinking of, you know, the new podcaster that is already thinking about monetization, how those two methods work well for you. Oh, sure, Jennifer. You know, and for all podcasters that I, you know, I've ever talked to, that was one of their top three questions was always, how do I make money off of this? Yeah. And, uh, you know, usually it, it's either, you know, it's like this, how do I grow an audience and how do you find guests are usually the top three questions. Uh, so to answer the monetization question, so uh, Amazon affiliates is a big one. Uh, Kindle is a big one. Uh, you know, I'm, not, I'm sorry, not Kindle. Uh, uh, Audible is what I was trying to say. I knew I knew it was affiliated with Amazon another way, but but there's the Amazon affiliate link, there's the uh, Audible affiliate link, and a lot of people use Audible. 
So if you listen to like some of the other bigger podcasts, they usually have the same usual suspects. I like to call them, you know, they have, you know, stamps.com. They have audible. They have a few other ones. Well, the reason is, is because most of the time those they're not paying per se, but what they're doing is they're it, when everyone, someone uses their link, they're getting, you know, like 30, 40% back of whatever they use. So that that's actually works out pretty well because it's, it's sort of like a no risk, uh, uh, relationship. Because you know what I mean? So if you know some mm -hmm. of the bigger podcasts, they can just use that link. Um, you know, and, and as far as crowdfunding goes, you know, uh, Podbean has their own uh, special uh, uh, you know, crowdfunding application. I've never actually used that. Uh, I, I use Patreon, uh, you know, and, and both of them I could talk to uh, talk to you about all day because, you know, they're they're the same, but they're different. And they also have a lot of different variations with them there. You know, it's it's people are more ingrained with crowdfunding now, which is a good thing. And, you know, as, as more and more of these podcasts go out there, I see more of them turning to crowdfunding, whether it be through Podbean, Podbean's own affiliate, uh, I'm sorry, Podbean's own crowdfunding uh, application or through Patreon. They, they use one or the other because that way, you know, they, they have some way to sort of get it, get that monthly income. And, you know, when, when you say that, when I say the podcast supports itself, when I say that, what I mean by that is I make enough money every month that it, it pays for my hosting fees. And it pays for any incidentals that I want to that I have come up, and you know, people sometimes they want to know exactly how much I'm making each month. Uh, I I mean, most most podcasters that I know they don't talk about you know exact numbers or exact you know uh, numbers even how, how much they're making per month. I I will just say this: I'm making enough to cover all the podcast expenses, any incidentals, and I'm working now to see how much I could actually make through podcast. You know, through through it that would support me. And usually what that means is, is that I would start offering services like coaching services, uh, like a private mentorship group. Uh, that's something that like, like John Lee Dumas does. He has his entrepreneur on fires, that, that, uh, that, uh, uh, membership group, uh, you know, and offering different things like that. And that's sort of where, you know, and other podcasters have created books, you know, and they, they sort of use their, you know, podcast to create a book and then the book to create a podcast. And it's, you know, that, that was another model of how you could do it. But I'm, I'm, I just, anyone listening to this, if my babbling hasn't, you know, turned them off already, uh, <laughs> I'm just, uh, what I mean is, is, is there's a, there's a lot of ways to monetize your podcast. There really is. There are so many. I, I heard an interesting little side gig that somebody um, is doing and that's narrating audiobooks. And it, it's related to podcasting because most podcasters already have the, you know, well, they do. They have the recording equipment already set up in their house and they have experience talking on a microphone. And so it's using those skills to be the narrator of all these audiobooks that are out there. And apparently you can make, you know, pretty decent side income doing that. And you can even sign up. Uh, there's a way to sign up through Amazon, apparently. Um, so that was just a, kind of a new one to me. But I thought, oh, the, you know, podcasting really opens up so many opportunities to people that you would never expect. It's so exciting. But I wanted to um, ask you something that you mentioned when you were answering that question about monetization. You said that podcasters don't like to talk about how much money they make a month, that they just kind of keep that on the down low. Why do you think that is? I, I think a lot of the times it comes back to if people know how much money they make, it might adversely affect them. Uh, and also because as far as ads go, which I, I see more of now for the pre-roll and the mid-roll, they don't want to state how much they're charging for those yet. 
Uh, you know, I, as I, as like, you know, I said before, I think podcasting as we're expanding through this, I think a lot of times we're going to have to come to sort of like an average, you know, for the, for the, um, for the, uh, for the pre-roll and the mid-roll charging. I know there are some right now, there is, you know, some templates for how much you should charge for a pre-roll and a mid-roll. But I think as more podcasters get out there, I think there's going to eventually be like a set average, almost like how TV channels have a set average, you know, sure. there, there's yeah. a, you know, during prime time, you know, there's, it's cost this much during the Super Bowl, it costs this much. And I think that is where, you know, people will go eventually. And I think that's why a lot of podcasters hold things close to the chest, because I still think that they don't want to sort of dig themselves into a hole and then, you know, have to sort of dig themselves back out of it. Interesting. Okay. I was wondering, that's a good answer. All right. Do you use any productivity tools or apps to make your podcasting tasks easier? Uh, The only thing I would even think about was Evernote. Uh, I just sort of make a Mm to-do list and then Mm -hmm. I just sort of, that's all I do. Uh, So, I mean, that's the only podcast productivity tool that I, I, I would even, I would even say I use. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a, I don't think anyone's ever said that answer specifically, but that's that's a good one. Um, I've heard good things about Evernote. Maybe I should use it. Maybe yeah, <laughs> I could always use a little more organization in my life. That's, that, that's uh, what I use on my phone because I, I use it on my phone when I'm out somewhere. I'm like, oh, I, I, I should write this idea down while I have it. And I write it down and then, you know, it goes, it syncs back. So when I go on my desktop, everything syncs up. So I have all my notes in one spot. All right. So I was wondering, what are you really excited about right now that has to do with your podcast? Uh, I am excited at the fact that I'm, you know, I'm always getting people who want to come on and also who always want to give me feedback on making it better. I just talked yesterday. uh, There's there's two guys I'm very good friends with. They have the number one and number two film podcasts, uh, respectively. And I mean, these guys are pulling down monster numbers, you know, every single week. And uh, they're always giving me feedback on how to make my podcast better. Uh, you know, it's always about SEO, some tips on there, how to mm-hmm. show, you know, how do you show up on iTunes, uh, you know, when they're in the search engine, you know, how do you do, you know, how do you find, uh, turn up in the Google search engine, all that stuff. And, you know, that, that's what really got me excited is, is always sort of, you know, being able to get this podcast better and always, you know, I can get, you know, even, I don't want to say better guests because I, I like all my guests, but I, I always say, you know, guests who have, you know, uh, maybe guests that I couldn't get before because they didn't, their download numbers weren't there for them, or maybe guests that, you know, uh, they didn't want to come on before because they'd never heard of the podcast. You know, it's, it's, you know, I will say this when I, when you, when a podcast guest ha- comes on and they're friends of somebody who I tried to get before, they will actually say yes this time because they'll say, Hey, listen, if my friend John came on there, well, I guess it's not a bad podcast, or maybe he'll talk, go talk to John and say, Hey, how was Dave? Was he a good guest? Uh, or sorry, good host. And they'll say, oh yeah, he was great. You know? So then that, that attracts more. So, you know, and that, that, again, that expands my network. Yeah. Always excited about stuff like that. Yeah. It's that social proof, you know, that's, that's required. So have you decided whether or not you're going to change the name of your show? Uh, I don't know yet. I, you know, that's something I'm going back and forth with because that was such a good piece of in, of advice. You know, Jason Buff, uh, you know, who runs Indie Film Academy, he actually gave me that uh, that piece of advice. And now I'm thinking, you know, I, I go back and forth because I, I, I understand now what he's saying. You know, it, it's because it really, you know, people don't know what the podcast is unless they actually listen to it because the Dave Willis podcast it doesn't really tell you what the podcast is about. You know. 
Um, but if I did call it like the Dave Bullis film school or the Dave Bullis film school podcast, then you know a lot more about what it's about just at a glance. Yeah. And I think that's important. So my, my first podcast, I, I still have that problem to this day because I started it in 2010 and nobody knew what a podcast was and there wasn't all that, you know, information out there that is out there now to new podcasters. It was just kind of a a wide open space. And so I didn't think about the name. I just named it something that, yeah, it's, it's not even my name. It's just, it's, you wouldn't know what my podcast is about from the name. And I regret that decision to this day because now it seems like it's too late to change it. Um, so it makes me want to start yet another podcast so I can use all that I've learned over the years and apply it because I made like every mistake in the book with my first podcast. So <laughs> I, I, I get your, I, I get your struggle with that, but I think you're probably leaning in the, in the right direction because I know when I was researching your show, I initially just assume that um, you were just a guy talking because that there are a lot of those kind of podcasts out there and they can be very entertaining. Um, but then I was like, oh, when I looked into it further, I was like, oh, he talks, you know, he talks about film and filmmaking and that's it's very specific. So, yeah, that's that's a good uh, I, I think there are a lot of podcasters out there that are struggling with whether or not they should change their name for the very same reasons. So. Good luck out there, guys. <laughs> um, what advice would you, speaking of aspiring podcasters, what advice would you give to a new podcaster? One piece of advice. Have a specialized angle. And what I mean by that is in business, this would, this would be called like an unfair advantage. Uh, in marketing or, or sales, it would be called what's our unique selling position. And what this is going to be is this is going to be what separates you from the pack. Your show has, is, should be unique. And whether you can draw from your own personal experiences or maybe it's just some great concept that you come up with, anything you can do to stand out now is key. Because remember, the barriers to entry are so low now. We're not, this isn't a war over materials anymore. It's a war for eyeballs and ears. And anything you can do to stand out will help you win that war. And honestly, whatever they need, uh, you know, it, it, it's to either find it in your, in your own personal experiences or even sit down with a list, an idea list and make out all these different things and make up your top 10 or top five top podcasts that you always like to listen to. What do they do? What do they all have in common? You know, what do they do to get, you know, all of these listeners and sort of try to find what, what you can take away and sort of make it your own. And that would be my my uh, advice for podcasters just starting out. Originality is the key. That's such yes. great. That, that's really, really great advice. All right. I have a couple of fun questions if you're up for a couple, a couple more. And they, 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 they're going to put you on the spot a little bit, but <laughs> hopefully thing. not in a bad way. Okay. <laughs> sure thing, Jennifer. I'd be glad to answer. Okay. This is, um, this is what I call a fantasy podcast time. If you could choose anyone living or dead to have a podcast, who would be your fantasy podcaster? Uh, definitely Mel Brooks. Oh, good one. Okay. We haven't had that answer before. That's great. And this is the second one. If there was a podcast made about your life, what would it be called and what genre would it fit into? 
<laughs> uh, it would probably already be, it's already out there. It's, it's WTF with Mark Marin. Uh, ju <laughs> just that name WTF is like, that's exactly what my life is. Uh, and it would be under comedy. It would be just, uh, you know, just like a comedy riff show. WTF with Dave Bullis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and then, then everyone would already know what the show's about then because like, it's just about Dave. Would that be wrong to take that name? I don't know. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. And then for someone discovering the Dave Bullis podcast for the first time, what episode would you point them to as a good starter episode to get them hooked? Oh, that's a very good question. Uh, you know, I would say even if you wanted to start with my most recent episodes, I, I would I would recommend those. It it really all depends upon what you, you you know if they're looking for you know to learn something about the film industry. I would say you know what they're what are they looking to specifically learn about? And you know, there's so many good episodes that I could go to. Uh, like the ones with Cassie and Elvis, I've mentioned before. He was a fantastic uh, guest because he, he he's been in in the business for so long. Uh, you know, I, I have uh, I've had on Alex Ferrari, who runs the number one filmmaking podcast, Indie Film Hustle. Uh, you know, he he is a fantastic guest because all of the knowledge and 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 uh, everything he's been around. Uh, you know, I just have on now uh, Joe Poliquin. Joe is an actor. He acted opposite Reese Witherspoon and Sofia Vergara in Hopper Suit. He was in Vice Principals with Danny McBride and Walter Goggins. Uh, I mean, he's just been you know doing all these amazing projects, and he he is a very very uh, you know, inspirational guy and very knowledgeable guy. So, and that's episode one thirty one with with Joe. So, uh, you know, honestly, uh, even if you just started at at the first podcast, the most recent podcast, I mean, you could you could find something in those because I mean, I've had so many awesome guests. I've been very very lucky, Jennifer. It's hard to pick when you have so many good guests. It's hard to pick your favorite. Yeah, it really, it really <laughs> is. You are just full of good problems to have. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, all you film buffs out there, please follow Dave, uh, Dave's podcast on Twitter at DB Podcast. And uh, you can learn more about him and his show at David, is it DavidBullis.com or da it's DaveBullis.com? Yeah, DaveBullis.com. Right? I, I, I typed that wrong. DaveBullis.com. That's B U L L I S. And you can listen to the show on Podbean, iTunes, and Stitcher. I'm going to link all of this, including uh, those favorite episodes he mentioned and um, and every, anything else that we mentioned, including a link to Evernote and all of that. Um, I've enjoyed listening to your show. I actually think you have a great voice. I can't believe you said you hated your voice. I, I thought for sure you'd be one of those guys that's like, yep, I got blessed with a great voice for radio. Um, <laughs> so it makes it even... Um, you're, you're a great interviewer and the people you have on are interesting and your great voice is just, you know, cherry on the Sunday. So uh, oh, I enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much for joining us on Podcasting Smarter. Oh, thank you so much, Jennifer, for everything. And, you know, I wish you the best of luck with the show. If anyone listening to this wants to ever talk further, please feel free to contact me. There's a contact form on DaveBullis.com. Uh, Jennifer, I again, I want to say thank you, and I wish you the best with this show. Same to you. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> All right. Bye, Dave. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us for Podcasting Smarter. You can check our show notes at podcast.podbean.com for links and details. Please like our podcast, leave your comments, and help us spread the word to other podcasters so we can bring you more great episodes with podcasting tips and inspiration from fellow podcasters. If you want to connect with other podcasters or get interviewed on this podcast, please join our Podcasting Smarter Facebook group. We look forward to welcoming you to the community. Happy podcasting! <laughs>